can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. G'day folks, Peter here. Welcome back to Monday's Down Under on the Talking Pools podcast, where I'm joined by Shane over in sunny New Zealand. How are you, Shane? Pretty good, Peter. Thank you. And yourself? Living the dream, as always. As always. And we have somebody else with us today, newest member of the Monday's Down Under team, Lee from New New South Wales. I said New Zealand. New South Wales, other side of the country. G'day, Lee. Welcome. Hi, Peter. Hi, Shane. Um, I should say my surname is Salisbury, so Lee Salisbury. Um, Don't have it up on my screen, so (laughs) some people on the East Coast may know me, but um, yeah, thanks for the welcome. It's nice to be part of the team. Have I lost you guys? I was about to say that you have to be... The shortest, shortest period any host has ever been on this podcast. Because I thought, oh, no, she's done a runner. Sick of us already. I'm frozen already. Where did we get to? <laughs> Your surname. Oh, my surname's Salisbury. You're known to people on the East Coast. Salisbury, yes. So, um, Salisbury. yeah. So thanks, guys, for the welcome. It's nice to be part of the team. So happy to be here. Good to have you along. Yes. So tell Great us a bit about yourself. Okay. You work in the industry, what you do? Rightio. So um, I've been in the industry 25 years. Uh, Started in 1998. Is that right? Yes, that's the calculations. Um, Husband and I had a service business and retail store on the far south coast of New South Wales. So if you um, know where Melbourne is, Sydney, draw your fingers around the map and follow the coast around. We're smack bang in the middle, three hours from Canberra. Um, with the, one of the few places where you can actually surf and ski, snow ski, in the same day. Um, so, yeah, beautiful part of the world on the coast. And we, yeah, we've had our business for 25 years and then recently sold it. So we have actually... Um, pass the baton on to new owners and um, letting them run with what was our baby. So it was a little hard to, to let go of, but um, now thoroughly enjoying the next stage, which now I'm doing coaching and mentoring and training um, in our industry all around the country. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it thoroughly. Outstanding. Outstanding. Was there a particular specialty that you had in your business? Um, oh, I think all rounders. <laughs> oh, look, I had to be um, an all rounder. It actually was quite funny because this business was never, I was never meant to be part of my life. Um, I actually fell into it as a lot of people do. I fell into it by accident. Um, I was in real estate and was looking after a large rental or rent roll. And went home and was moaning to my husband that I could not get anybody to look after the pools in our area. And he went, oh, I wouldn't mind doing that. He'd been with the water board with our local council, so had a very basic knowledge of hydraulics and and water quality and that sort of thing. Um, And I went, well, if you're interested, let's see if we can run with it. We're only in our, well, I was sort of mid-20s. And... Then I'm, I'm giving away my age now, aren't I? Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, we um, started making inquiries um, and because of my real estate background and I knew the importance of being licensed and insured and all of those sort of things, I wanted to do everything properly. So we got um, straight in with Spaza and did training courses or he did training courses Anyway, it was supposed to be a bit like a lawn mowing run where he was just going to go around and and vacuum or service pools. Um, 
but it very quickly snowballed and within 12 months we found ourselves um, up to our eyeballs in work and I had to give up my job, which I was really good at and I loved and it was never my intention to leave my job, but I ended up leaving my job and we haven't looked back. So every year was growth year on year and it was a growing area and, um, and something I loved. So he very smartly made me do all the training courses <laughs> Um, and then my love for it grew from there and I've always been interested in learning more about, I think the, the more you understand about what you're actually doing or the products you're selling and installing, the, the more beneficial it is to you and your customers um, and eventually your staff. Um, and so I always say if you stop learning, then it's actually time to get out of the industry because even now you learn. I learn new things every day. So um yeah so I think that's what I've really enjoyed about it it is that constant learning um yeah yeah on that topic and I'm going to sidestep here a little bit uh something very important I've learned in the last week or so a few weeks ago we were talking about potassium monoposulfate and I said that yes it removes combined chlorine Apparently it doesn't. Uh, Rudy sent me some information and I had a look through it and I've looked at other information and looked at the way the chemistry works behind it. And here I will say it publicly, yes, I was wrong. I do apologise <laughs> if I misled anyone with that. Uh, it's the way I was originally taught about monoposulfate. But big kudos to Rudy. Um, the way Rudy responded, absolute class. Pure gentleman about it. He could have crucified me for what I said, but uh, very gracious. So uh, uh, thank you to Rudy. And again, apologies if I misled anyone. There, I've said it. It takes a big I'm man to admit when he's wrong. Oh, yes. <laughs> Look, that's the thing. You learn, um, it's, as Rudy said, we all hear things. We're all taught things in a certain way. Uh, it, it's It's very important that we do keep on track on top of it new technologies coming out new research coming out but also sometimes what we were taught originally may just be wrong so uh, that that sits in very well with the the whole learning side of things well it's like and i i'd you do what you know until you know better yeah 100 mm -hmm. yeah and and being open to learning is is the biggest thing of all um expanding expand it's expanding those narrow thoughts to actually taking in extra information and then yeah can make you reassess what you actually thought you knew and look mm. i'm always the first one to say like i may know a lot but i don't know everything and i if i can be corrected please correct me oh. well, i think I, that's the thing in the industry especially in new zealand as well you tend to learn from whoever's on the road with you teaching you whether they know it or not you're picking up their habits <clears throat> so that's you know that's why it's always a good idea to take all these courses that you that you that you've taken as well um lee and peter so yeah always upskill yourself mm. so are either of you yeah. licensed or do you have licenses in your state and country Sorry. We've got a kind of CPO for commercial uh, commercial aquatic facilities. So I've got my Group 234 certification, which allows me to work on uh, any commercial aquatic facility that isn't a fully public pool. So your local council pool that anyone can pay their fee and go into, that's a different certification. Uh, I think from memory that's something like a two-week training course. Um I have no desire to be stuck at a, a public pool all the time. Uh, but, yeah, your hotels and schools and motels and whatever, uh, generally those are uh, I'm certified for. In terms of residential, there is no mandatory requirement for certification over here. I really wish there was. Um, there has been a big push for the last couple of decades or so to get it made mand mandatory or even get a full apprenticeship but that I'd be ideas just succumb to politics, unfortunately. Um, I think it'd be good to have compulsory training because there are so many people I've met in the industry who 
don't understand the basics. They don't understand what water balance is. Uh, I've heard a guy who runs a pool service, he goes to people's homes and he says, oh, yeah, we'll balance the water. We look after the pH and chlorine. You, you just want to smack yourself. Actually, no, I don't want to smack myself in the head. I want to smack him in the head. Um, standards do need to raise in, in regards to training and licensing. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully with Sparza now being national and also international with New Zealand, um, we, mm-hmm. with them now sort of with WA coming on board and Victoria, hopefully that will give them more clout to hopefully get those sort of things happening. Mm. No, that would be, that would be fantastic. Mm. And what about you, Shane? Is there any licensing in New Zealand? So similar to what Peter was saying in regards to residential, there doesn't, there's, there's no real push to have any accreditation for um, what you're doing in the industry. But when it comes to commercial, um, there is a New Zealand standard, which <clears throat> basically your hotels, your schools, your le- leisure centres, um, this is what they advise for you to take this course. It's very basic, um, but this is the only one that I'm familiar with. I took that myself when we started our company. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's a good stepping stone. You know, you've, you've always got to start from the basics and it is quite basic. Um, but how far you can go in New Zealand is quite limited. Um, just speaking to the, the, um, the teacher that was teaching us on, on the, on, there was a couple of days course. Um, and I was sending her a message this year, actually, just asking about if there's any more advanced courses, if there's any courses in hydraulics. Um, but she said none that she's aware of. Mm. So I think in that sense, it's quite disappointing over here. It's not a bit, not a bigger industry as what it is in Australia and America, but. You know, everywhere around the world, it's a growing industry. Yep, absolutely. And uh, we're dealing with people's health and safety. So it's absolutely paramount that the technicians that we're sending out there, whether it be ourselves going out or our staff going out, that they know what they're doing and that they are not putting anybody at risk. That's the thing that terrifies me. Um, When I first did, well, when I did my first training course, um, it would have been about 2000, yeah, it would have been the year 2000. Um, it was a five-day course run by Spas on New South Wales and I was the only female in there. Um, they were all men. And um, so, yeah, that was my introductory. But it was a five-day advanced technician's course and it was five solid days in in a room and it even involved... I remember being the the volunteer putting my hand up to actually pull pump apart. Um, so it was quite involved um, and well worth doing. Um, but then, of course, it's evolved. So I actually do have my Cert 3 in pool and spa service and I am actually mm-hmm. licensed in New South Wales as a pool and spa service technician. Um, and But it's as you guys know, it's not a qualification that every pool person holds but probably should um and um for their own professionalism um because i think it's it is important to try and um raise the bar of our industry and um yeah show people that we aren't just glorified lawnmowers um we are actually pool technicians and it is um something that um yeah, is it, we're dealing with their health and safety, so it's important that they deal with somebody who is suitably qualified or licensed. Mm. Yeah. But the other thing is a pool is also a complex system. It, and what I mean by that is, by complex, is there are many different facets we need to have an understanding of and keep control of. Uh, you know, chemistry, of course, goes without saying. That's subdivided into your balance, into your sanitizer, into your metals into your problem solving um you've got the hydraulic side of things from flow to circulation you've got equipment function and repair and maintenance and all of these different facets having to put them all together 
uh, I, I kind of die a little bit on the inside every time somebody says, oh, you're a pool cleaner. So, well, I'll occasionally clean a pool. I've, I've got staff for that. But, um, yeah, it's – and when you get to know people, um, for example, me through the networking that I do, people are always amazed to see just how much we do, what the scope of our, our skills are. Mm. So well, We um, deal with electricity and obviously chemis- mm. chemistry. We, we deal with um, uh, flow rate suction, like how – we can entrap someone on a pool. We can chemically burn somebody with a pool. We can drown somebody with a pool. We can electrocute them with a pool, and yet we don't have to be licensed. Go figure. That sounds like one hell of a party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know, equipment under pressure. Um, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen the top mm-hmm. of a multiport valve blow off when the the fixings are corroded we actually it's not pretty we actually had that happen in our area very early on in our careers um Mm. and fortunately our business hadn't not been involved in this location um but this this one was actually used as a a a teaching pro teaching example at spaza for a while um a, a guy a couple of hours or an hour or so up the coast from where we are installed his own chlorinating cell and he didn't put the gas trap in or not high enough. So he cut the right. pipes of the, the two pipes off for the cell and plumbed it in lower. And it ran while there was no water flow or insufficient water flow. So the gas actually fed back into the filter and blew when there was an ignition, it blew the head off the actual filter. And unfortunately, he was in the pool shed at the time and it nearly took his head off. He was in intensive care in Sydney for a while. Wow. Um, needless to say, the authorities did go looking for who the technician was that installed it or who the last technician had been who had been on site. Um, and fortunately, it wasn't us. Um, it was somebody further up the coast. But they hadn't been on site for a couple of years and then they were able to prove that this guy had actually done his own installation um, and so, yeah. yeah, he actually, then there was like obviously work cover and all that sort of thing. I suppose that's what they were looking at. But, yeah, he um, he caused it himself. So DIYers, be careful. Yeah, that's some of the things I look for in every job, mm. be it a service, be it an inspection, be it a, hey, can you look at my pool? Uh, anything that presents a danger like that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I tell them it needs to be changed. And I'll walk from a customer if they say, no, it'll be fine, we'll just leave it. Mm. No, not going to work on it. No. Too much risk to to you, too much physical risk to me, too much litigation risk to me. Yeah. No, not interested. There, there's enough good customers who want to do, want you to do the right thing by them. You don't have to put up with the crappy ones. Yeah, absolutely, completely. And um, you're the professional on site. So it's it's your it, it's your livelihood. It's your house. It's your it, it's you that's on the line if something goes wrong. So you want to make sure that um, everything is right. And it doesn't matter if it's um, something that you like that was a problem before you got there. If you don't rectify mm. it or you don't advise them in writing that that's a problem, then the onus of responsibility falls back on you as the last professional on site. Um, and so that's why it's just so paramount to, for for us and our staff to know that we are crossing all those T's and dotting all of those I's. Same as if a pool fence is non-compliant. Completely. Say a, a self-closing hinges and latch uh, on a pool gate don't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not something I normally repair. Uh, I do have, uh, you know, a few services out there, people I know who do that sort of repair, but you've just got to tell the customer, mm. this is faulty, must be rectified. Uh, and I'll go so far, depending on the person, I probably should all the time, I'll actually put a couple of cable ties around the gate to stop it opening if it's not closing properly. Do you also put it on your invoice, Peter? As a note on the invoice. Yeah. Uh, and it's mentioned in a covering email to which I attach the invoice. Great. 
Great, because, yeah, that's apparently, and I can't quote cases here or court numbers or anything like that, but apparently that has held up in court where um, there was a fault of some kind um, and as a result somebody was, was injured. And because the service technician could prove that they actually put it on their invoice um, and the customer mm -hmm. paid that invoice, then the onus of responsibility passed back to the owner because in paying that invoice, they actually were acknowledging that they'd read it. Um, so, yep. yeah, it's something that's right, like a simple thing to do, but very effective. Yeah. I believe in New South Wales as well, uh, you've got independent fence inspectors to check the compliance of fencing, oh, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, that's a can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> Let's crack the same okay. in New Zealand as well. Right. Actually. Over here, different. different uh, I just tell. Yeah, different states have. Different over here, schools. I just. This lag is really annoying on this platform because everyone <laughs> sounds like we're interrupting. <laughs> Rudy's going to put in this little interrupt us drink thing. Um, but yeah, here what I normally do is say this pool fence does not appear to comply. Uh, it is advised that the local council, you know, city of Melville or whatever it may be, yeah. uh, it provides an inspection and report. Yeah. Because then they've been advised, go to the council because they have the final say in it. Yes. Uh, and different councils will interpret things differently. We have our state government, uh, Department of Commerce, I believe it is, has what they call the rules for pools and spas. And it is different to the Australian standard. And different councils seem to interpret the rules differently, different inspectors within each council, also depending what mood they're in on the day. Yeah. So it's easier just to handball it and say, right, they're the authority on this. Go get them. Co completely agree. Mm -hmm. We do the same thing in our local area because we actually don't have any independent um, fence inspectors in our area. Or we had one, but I think he gave it up because it was too fraught with issues. Um, mm. It's very common in Queensland um, for people, pool technicians, pool shops, to actually have a, a staff member that's actually certified to do fencing inspections. In New South Wales, pool technicians are deemed to have a vested interest and therefore are not allowed to do, are not allowed to be um, licensed. They can... There's a go around, which means you actually have to do the course in Queensland, get licensed in Queensland and then transfer it to New South Wales, um, which we did start the process of and it just all got too much and couldn't be bothered. Um, but yet, a, but the, I, as I understand it, a pool builder can actually be a fence certifier. I could be st I could stand wrong on that. So if I'm wrong, please somebody correct me. Um, but yeah, we look forward to your emails. <laughs> but um, yeah, what is it? Talkingpools at gmail .com, I think. <laughs> hey, you've been listening. <laughs> um, and so yeah, but it's it's crazy because we are in those backyards. We're in the backyards of so many pools every day, and we actually have a legal and moral and ethical responsibility to inform those owners when something doesn't comply. And we do have an onus of responsibility should the shit hit the fan. Um, yeah. So why wouldn't it make sense to allow us to be licensed so or certified yeah. or whatever they want to call it? Um, we'd get in the backyards a lot faster and the issues would be identified a lot quicker. But anyway, that's just government bureaucracy for you. <laughs> yeah. Some things never change. It doesn't matter which state you're in, there's always bureaucracy. <laughs> oh, yeah. But um, a couple of cases in point for that. I had one job where I went to, it was a green pool recovery, couldn't see an inch under the water, it was that green. And as I was scrubbing one wall, it felt a bit funny, felt like it was bulged. As the flock took effect and settled everything, I could see that the this fiberglass pool in a high clay area subject to high water table, high groundwater levels, the wall had actually bowed in to the point where it had started folding over itself and cracking. Now, my background's in fiberglass, so I know that's not a good thing. So I very simply cable-tied the gate shut, shut off the equipment, or it was already shut off because of the flock, sorry, made sure it was shut off, cable-tied the um, gates shut, 
immediately got on the phone to the property manager, followed up with a text message immediately. Then I was on my way to my office. When I got there, I sent an email for it. Uh, the words I used, I think, was catastrophic structural failure is imminent. This pool should must not be used. Uh, do not enter the pool area until it's effectively removed or replaced. Uh, and the property manager kept saying, oh, can you give us a price on repair? I said, that is not reparable. It cannot be repaired. It's it's That ship has sailed. Um, and then they kept asking for quotes on it. And I finally said, I'm going to be very blunt. Repair is not an option. Please stop emailing me about this. Uh, another one I had was for a strata complex. Uh, I think in America they call it condominiums or some such thing. Um, there was a, a pool there, and the strata manager asked me to go out and quote on regular servicing on it. And I went out there, I had to collect the key on the way, and they were all very nice there, and went out to this job and saw the state of it. And I went back to them to drop the key off, Receptionist had a big smile on her face. Oh, everything was good, right? I said, I've closed the pool and notified the health department. Immediately, the, the fangs and claws came out. She said, you can't do that. And I said, well, there was algae in the pool. The water was cloudy, so it failed a turbidity test. Some of the equipment wasn't working. The acid drum and chlorine drum were both empty. The regular service technician's logbook was not maintained. I said, this pool is not safe for swimming. And she said, well, what do you mean you've closed it? I said, I mean, I've cable tied the gate shut and put a sign up saying pool closed. And it's got my contact details on it. I've got some laminated signs I use for that. Um, and they, they went back crazy. They said, you can't do that. I said, no, I have a duty of care to do that. If somebody swims in that pool and catches some exotic disease or brain-eating bacteria or something, you are going to throw me under the bus. You're going to say, hey, there was a pool expert out there. Why didn't he say anything? Just not going to open myself up to that sort of risk. So, um, yeah, I rang the health department from the site, told them what I was doing, and then, again, dropped the key off straight to the office, sent them an email. And, um, yeah, that was... Next thing I knew was about three weeks later, I got a most abusive phone call from the strata manager. Um, they should be thanking you. I, I, well, 100%, but no, obviously I'd made some work for them. Well, if their pool guy was doing the right thing, mm -hmm. uh, I, I've bumped into this pool guy a few times over the years and, yeah, not much chop, especially since his daily service pool had algae and cloudiness in it. Mm. No, I, I had a... You've got a squeaky toy there, Shane. <laughs> oh, it's one of your kids. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mum to the rescue. Um, I had a, I had a similar situation actually. I got a phone call on Boxing Day, so day after Christmas. I assume they call it Boxing Day in America as well. Um, and of course, public holidays, and we are, as we all are, so flat out up to Christmas that you get to Christmas and you basically die in a heap. Um, yep. And so, Boxing Day, getting this phone call from a unit manager. Um, and we're in a holiday area, so it is a um, a, a big holiday um, uh, visiting time of the year. They, people are paying a premium price to come and stay in these unit complexes and their pool was festy green. And I just said to the guy, you're ringing me on Boxing Day? And he goes, yeah, well, we've been away for a couple of weeks. And I went, well, you're a commercial complex. If your pool is this green, it was this, like it was on the turn two weeks ago before you left and you did nothing about it. So I'm sorry, I'm not giving up my boxing day to come down and fix your problem. You can wait. <laughs> so yeah. as uh, I think you said, was it last one? Or might have been a podcast before, an emergency on your behalf or uh, does not, yeah, sorry, what was it? <laughs> a lack of planning on yeah, your part it. does not constitute an emergency on mine. Absolutely, 100%. And so that's, yeah, I live by that one. So Yeah. yeah. But people will always leave things till the last minute or expect you to rush out. I mean, we always on Christmas Eve, you know, especially if it's a hot Christmas, last Christmas I think it was, or the one before, Christmas Day was something, one before I think it was, Christmas was about 43 degrees Celsius. Uh, what's that in... 
American. That is yeah, 109, 110. Uh, so, of course, everyone's panicking. Christmas Eve afternoon, I was getting phone calls from people wanting their green pool recovered for Christmas. One of them went to so far as to say, oh, well, if you can't make it today, you can come out tomorrow morning. It's like, no, not on Christmas Day. Cheeky bugger then said, oh, well, I'm telling my kids that you ruined their Christmas. I said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize it's better for you to ruin mine. See ya. Um, last oh year, gosh. Christmas Day, about 9.30 in the morning, um, phone rang. Just out of habit, picked it up. Got scowled at by the wife. A guy, oh, yeah, my pool's green. I need it cleaned up by this afternoon. Well, sucks to be you. <laughs> I missed a call that night from a tenant, really difficult tenant. Uh, I work for the property manager. And 11, sorry, 10 minutes past 11 at night, I missed a call from him. I was asleep by that point. Next morning, got it. No voicemail. Next day... Um, day after Boxing Day, this tenant rings me up and he says, oh, you didn't return my call. I said, well, I just assumed it was a pocket dial. You know, you bumped the phone or something and it dialed me because no one in their right mind would call at 10 past 11 on Christmas Day. Mm. He said, oh, I did. I said, well, yeah, no one in their right mind would. He didn't like that one. So, <laughs> oh, when they're going to be idiots, I'll oh, be a smart yeah. ass. I've got no problem with that. Mm. You got to have fun somehow. Yeah. No. Well, I had had one ring me on Christmas Day because their gate latch wouldn't lock. Cable tie. That's what I said. <laughs> I said, "Well, you have." I said, "You have two choices. You either sit out there and and stand by the gate and monitor everybody going in and going out for the kids, because this was in a unit complex, or I said, cable tie it shut. But I ain't fixing mm-hmm. it on Christmas Day. <laughs> no. No. It's, it's um, amazing the cheek of somebody. <laughs> Crazy. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. But last night I was getting messages <clears throat> from customers at nine o'clock at night. Mm. Uh, it's nothing unusual this time of year. No. So um, it should be unusual. It shouldn't happen at all. But do you think that they ring you and don't expect you to answer so they just want to leave a message? Sometimes on Australia Day, public holiday, mm. uh, we um, – this year, uh, January, I got a message at about 8.30pm on the public holiday, followed in succession by three other messages, so that's four in total, and then a fifth one that said, please respond, all within about a minute or two. Oh, wow. And I just responded, you know, it's half past eight at night on a public holiday. You can call me tomorrow. Mm. And that's uh, left of that. Mm. But it's, it's – I miss the old-fashioned days where you had a landline and when someone would ring and there was no answer, they go, oh, they're closed and not worry about it mm. till morning. Mobiles, while very, very useful, and they've, they've changed our industry, most industries completely, mm. they make you a little bit too accessible at times. And people – well, people expect you to be um, accessible, so that's the, that's the big mm. problem. Um, yeah, and – but, like – I sometimes have been guilty of emailing people on a Sunday, like because let's face it, that's when a lot of us business owners do paperwork or the crazy ones yeah. anyway. Um, and sometimes at god at ungodly hours in the middle of the night. Um, so I will always lead with my email when it's to a, a sales rep. I'll always lead with, I do not expect you to answer this email until Monday when you're back at work. Just because I'm being crazy working on a weekend doesn't mean I expect you to be. Because, yeah, I, I need to I need to deal with whatever I need to deal with and I don't expect them to respond. Um, but And I know what you're saying. When that phone rings or tings with a, a, a message, it's immediately disturbed you. So yeah. it, it's, it's hard to turn off in business in general. Um, but because we're so accessible with mobile phones, it's even harder. Um, when you put you like, obviously, you've got, you can put numbers in favourites, so your family and close friends and that, and then you can turn your phone to, to silent mode for everyone else. That might be an option um, for those who are struggling with managing their phones. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it, mm. it's a hard thing to juggle. 
So yeah. this year, Lee, will will this year be the first Christmas outside retail in twenty five years? Twenty five years. <laughs> For those who are listening on the audio, I'm doing a happy dance. Um, I have to say, as the mother of three boys who are 24, 21 and 19, um, I have hated Christmas and I know that sounds awful. (laughs) Um, I have always wished I was in the Northern Hemisphere so that I could actually have summer in July and um, Christmas in winter and, um, yeah, and be and actually get to enjoy Christmas because I do love Christmas and Christmas decorations and all that stuff. But when you are flogging yourself silly in that lead-up to Christmas, um, and believe me, I think we've all probably been there servicing pools at 9 o'clock at night and that week before Christmas trying to get everything done and keep everybody happy, Um yeah, you get to Christmas Day and you just fall in a heap. So this year, yes, I am actually looking forward to enjoying my first Christmas um, without being in that, yeah, huge demand time. So, yeah, it, it will be nice. So, yeah, my life looks now looks completely different to what it looked like five months ago. Um, yeah. So I work from home. I've got coaching clients um, dotted around Australia um i'm working with a training organization so yeah my my time is is virtually doing things like this like zooms and and um and online um learning platforms and 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 that um i also do go to um businesses and um coach their staff on site um had a uh, last month i went to darwin which for, for those who are in America, it's from going from basically the bottom of the country to the top of the country, and Australia is very big. Um, and then I had to go to Brisbane. So, yeah, flying all over the place. And and I love doing that, actually getting in on, on the ground with um, businesses and seeing how they're doing things and sometimes just giving that fre- a, a different set of eyes um, um, to actually give an, a, a, some different options. But, um yeah, so I get to do sort of things that are a little bit more so my own pace. So, yeah, Christmas will be a lot more uh, relaxed this year. Thank yeah, God. Yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, like my kids are all big <laughs> and I won't be wrapping presents in the middle of the night on Christmas Eve and hoping that I've actually got enough for everybody and that I haven't forgotten anyone and doing all those crazy things. So, yeah. No, well, we've cancelled Christmas this special. year. <laughs> We've cancelled it. Um, my sister and brothers, they they all chat about who's going to buy what for whom and all that. And I just said, we're, you know, my wife and kids and I, we're just not doing Christmas this year. And uh, that shocked them a bit. But I, like you say, I'll fall in a heap. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's October that we're recording this. And it's already like December normally is over here. So yeah. another two months from now, I'm going to be stuffed. Yep. So, yeah, cancel Christmas. I've never liked it yeah. anyway. Are you on the coast, Peter? What are you laughing at? Uh, I'm about 20-minute drive from the coast. Okay. So in the metro area. Yep. But... Uh, Oh, well, yeah. prawns, oysters, that? and... No, I was just going to say prawns, oysters, and a few cold beers on the beach on Christmas Day is always a good thing. <laughs> yeah, or I might just see if I can sleep in that morning. True. That'll do me. I'd be happy with that. But you're going, the following you're day, going to turn your phone test. off. I am. <laughs> good. Because if the bloody thing rings, I'll be throwing it in the river. <laughs> be driving 20 minutes to the coast and hoiking it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But Christmas must be lovely in your place, Shane, with the little Uh Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hugo's three years old, so this Christmas is going to be, I guess, a lot more entertaining. You know, he's 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 here, there, and everywhere at the moment. Who actually bought a Christmas tree today? <clears throat> he's trying to open the box. Like, what's this? What's this? It's a surprise. We'll just leave it in the box for now. So, um, yeah, he's becoming more and more aware of things. But, um, I mean, just, just going back to what you're saying, you know, this this side of the world, 
being in the pool industry around Christmas, yeah, it's it is chaos. Um, I like to think, in some ways, I'm used to it coming from hospitality, because you can imagine Christmas and hospitality is pretty chaotic as well. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> kind of taking that, I guess, um, that level of stress with me into the pool industry, I, it's it's kind of helped in some ways, which is good. And I guess, yeah, just trying to be a lot more organised and prepared for what's going to come. But yeah, I don't think, unless you turn your phone off, you're never going to get those, those calls stopping, no. coming in, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day. Yeah, yeah. I even got to a point where with my, my husband's mobile phone, we actually um, put a message on it saying, um, if you're looking to, to book a job, um, please ring the shop. Um, I don't take bookings over the phone. Um, and yep. if you have if you have something that you need to discuss with me, then please leave a message and I will ring you at the end of my working day. Because he was just constantly during working hours stopping and starting what he's doing. And, and as you guys know, yep. you're often up to your elbows in something. Um, or or squash down in between equipment somewhere, um, and, and answering your phone is is not always easy or accessible. So yeah, I just said to him, stop answering your phone because he would say to people, yes, I can do that. I can probably squeeze that in tomorrow, not realizing what I already had scheduled for him and which direction he was headed in. Or he would go, yeah, 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 I'll get there, no worries, I'll, I'll make sure that that gets booked in. And he would completely forget because he was so busy doing what he was doing. So, yeah, I think um, it's also you've got to program people um, or set boundaries um, and um, sometimes actually putting that on your message bank is not such a bad thing on your message. Mm. Yeah. And communication, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, how how have you done that, Lee? So, twenty five years in the industry, together with a husband, mm-hmm. you know, a family business. Yep. Um, I salute you to that. <laughs> I mean, having a business for twenty five years and being in a relationship nowadays is enough to congratulate people. But doing both of them, um, that's 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 a big achievement. I mean. Well, uh- Myself and and Sammy, you know, we're we we've just started this this venture of business together. So, um, any tips? Wow. Okay. Tips and tricks. Well, I often joke and say, well, twenty five years of business, and we've been married twenty eight. So that's the equivalent of fifty three years of marriage, I reckon. Um, yeah. So, um, oh, look. How have we got through it and stayed sane and stayed married um, is often something that I'm asked. I have to say what are my, and my husband's name's Scott, what are Scott's strengths are my weaknesses and what are my weaknesses and what are my strengths are his weaknesses. So we actually, he, he will tell people, and I actually said this to Peter when we were chatting yesterday, and he said, I'll tell him you said that. Um, but he actually says it himself, and that is he's the brawn, I'm the brains. Um, and together we work extremely well. We know, um, yeah, we still get on each other's nerves and there's things that he didn't tell me that then he blames me for or vice versa, um, or I didn't order something he asked me to order. Um, those sort of things happen <laughs> all the time you try and put procedures in place but yeah and, and 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 try to find ways to manage those sort of things but um yeah he's ying i'm yang we sort of work together um but we also don't argue even my boys will actually say mum and dad you don't argue if you have a heated discussion <laughs> or an argument it's dealt with then and there and we don't harbor it so if we had a Mm-hmm. falling out at work over a job that I didn't like the way he did it or I didn't order the part he needed. Um, it was just dealt with then and there. Um, and we'd come home and, and that was work and home was home. So it's really important to have that that separation. 
Um, and yeah, it's it, it's certainly been interesting. Like the first seven years, we didn't have a retail store. Um, I was home with the boys, and then um, that's one of my boys who's actually a trainee pool technician oh. at the moment, oh. um, getting the dog out of the <laughs> office. Um, Run away while you can. <laughs> you'll get sucked into the vortex. Um, but yeah, so it's just it's yeah, it's it's not sweating the small stuff. You've got to choose your arguments. You've got to choose your fights, choose your battles, whether that be with your husband or with your staff, um, or with the customers. Really, like, um, don't sweat, don't sweat the small stuff. Um, is it something that's really worth having a disagreement over or is it something that you're better off to come back later when the heat's gone out of it and go, hey, can we not do this again? I can. This really frustrates me because of X, Y, Z. Can we handle it this way instead? And Because we've got to find a happy medium here. Um, mm. And those sort of things, it's just, yeah, communication, absolutely paramount. Um, yeah, not always easy because when you've been together for so long, like us, you actually start thinking for the other person and vice versa. Um, so that that's it can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing. Um, Scott actually calls me Google because it's easier to ask me the answer than it is to ask Google. <laughs> I even have to tell you, he. When our second son was born and I was in hospital, I just had him that morning, so you'll totally get this shame. Um, I just had him that morning. He rang me and asked me a customer's phone number. And I went, um, <laughs> sweetheart, I'm in the hospital. I've just had a baby. Why would I know their phone number? And he goes, well, you know everybody else's phone number. <laughs> And then I went, no, I don't know their phone number. And he goes, well, do you have a phone book? <laughs> That was in the days of phone books well before Google and, and, and smart devices. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so, no, it is, it, it is interesting being husband and wife team, but, yeah, it's not for everyone. Um, and I think it's really important that if it's not for your, like, whether it be you, Shane, or whether it be any of our listeners, um, if you work out that it's not for you, don't, feel bad about it it's not for everybody um but get out of it like when I say get out of it I don't mean out of your marriage I mean out of the partnership in the business um whichever way yeah. um <laughs> but yeah try and um separate it because if you find that you can't work together then um don't ruin your marriage over it so yeah yeah, yeah. just not worth it but also also switching off when the work day ends completely having a life outside of work. I grew up in a family business. Mum, dad, my brother, my other brother for a short time. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I remember a couple of times I'd, you know, come home from the pub at whatever hour of night or out with friends at whatever time of night. And I'm talking, you know, midnight or later. And I'd walk inside and the old man was there doing paperwork. And I, I learned very quickly, don't say hello when I sneak in the front door, because otherwise I'll be there doing paperwork, you know, after too many beers at maybe one thirty in the morning. And uh, yeah, not, not good. But no, learning to switch off and having that life outside of work, that's paramount. Yeah. Absolutely. Unless you just choose to be a workaholic and have no life outside and that is your life. Yeah. But um, that would probably get very, very sad and boring after it, not too very long it's always hard mm. when you're in small business to actually mm. switch off because your business does become your life it's it's hard not to if you're invested yeah. in it if you love what you do and you really care and value your customers as we should um you try and be everything to everyone or maybe that's just the mother in me um my husband certainly found it easier to to switch off than i did um, but I think he shouldered, uh, he was more like out on the tools and doing the, the tasks one at a time, whereas I was the one in the office, in the shop, juggling the balls. So we did have quite different roles. Um, and he would have been the first one to tell you that if something had happened to me, um, if I'd been hit by that bus, um, he would have shut the doors and walked away. Now, if the reverse had happened, 
I probably would have kept trying to go at it because I would have known how much we'd, we'd put into it together and I wouldn't have wanted to just throw that away. Um, wouldn't have been easy, obviously, um, but, um, yeah. So it, it's, yeah, everybody's different and, yeah. Yeah. Trying to, yeah, trying to turn off is, is a very hard thing. So, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. All about balance. Yes, yeah, absolutely. But, Shane, one of the big perks of, of being in this industry is all the wonderful conferences you get to go to in different locations and you can take the kids and they have great fun and you tack on an extra week. So <laughs> make sure you take advantage of that. You'll you'll have to go to the um, Splash Trade Show in the Gold Coast every second year and the kids will love the theme parks. Hit me up and I'll tell you some good places to stay with the Little East. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, me and Peter were talking about that. We were talking about that last week, actually, Peter, yeah. weren't we? The week before. Uh, I don't know. All the weeks next year. For me. Um, <laughs> yeah, that'll be a good one. I was there last year and um, I had a whale of a time. It's great. Uh, it's just good to, to see some familiar faces, meet some new people. Uh, over on the West Coast here, we can be a little bit isolated from the you know, head office and national managers and all that for some of the companies. Mm-hmm. And um, just really good to the networking opportunities were fantastic, seeing a few new products. Um, and it's the Gold Coast. What's not to love about the Gold Coast? Absolutely. No, well, I haven't missed one since we've been in the industry. We've been to every single one that's been – or I've been to every single one that's been held so haven't missed one yet. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah. So, no, I'm still planning on being there. Different hat on this time. But, yeah, um, yep. it's they're definitely worth going, like you say, for networking, for products, um, and, and, and us too as a somewhat isolated business because um, we're in a, in a rural or, or, um, area. You don't see people all the time, like you don't see sales reps all the time, and and um, mm-hmm. yeah, so actually getting to to touch base with people and and see products in, in and I always try and go with a a product in mind that I'm looking for, whether it be I want a new chlorinator supplier or I want a new um, blanket and roller supplier. Um, I go with a product in mind, um, or a, even sometimes a couple in mind that I'm looking mm-hmm. at. Um, changing up or doing something different or maybe I might be looking for new products to add to my range. Um, there's always heaps there. It's a great trade show. So especially from what yeah. started wife... at, it was tiny 25 years ago. It was quite small. <laughs> yeah. My one regret is when I was there last year, on the last day, I think it was, or day after it ended officially, there was a trip to... SeaWorld, mm-hmm. or whatever they call it, on the Gold Coast. And they did a tour of all of the equipment, the plant room, for these, you know, killer whale pools and so forth. I would have loved to have gone to that. But unfortunately, I was in a surgical boot at the time, having just broken my foot. Oh. And um, I thought, no, there's going to be all sorts of steps, and I'm just going to, A, be in misery by the end of the day, and B, slow everyone else down. Well, the good news so, is they uh, do them every every two years. So sometimes they do Wet and Wild, the water park. Sometimes they do SeaWorld. Oh, yeah. Sometimes they might do um, one of the big commercial um, in um, pools up there. So they always try and pick something different. So you'll get to see something next time. Um, so always, yep. I, I would say always allow, um, even if you're only going just for the trade show, allowing a day or two days on either side is is well worth it because there's always something to do. And a lot of the suppliers have their conferences um, or um, even just a conference day um, before or after. Um, and you get to you get to meet so, so many people, make so many friends. Like after 25 years, we've got friends dotted all around Australia. I like to call them friends. They're not just industry colleagues. They, um, they have become lifelong friends now, so which is lovely. And, yeah, it's always great catching up with them and, and also a great resource. Like if I had one today, um, I was fixing a dolphin today in our, in our old business. I gave, went up and gave them a hand, a, a robotic pool cleaner, and um, it stumped me. Um, this particular one I was having a little bit of an issue with and I couldn't work it out. 
And so I rang a friend who actually does um, dolphin repairs in Perth and he was happy to help me. So um, tried one in Sydney, but he was too busy to answer my call. Um, Steve, I'll get back to you. Um, <laughs> Bloody Sydney, I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, it's um, it's lovely to know that you've got those contacts. And, and sometimes, it, yeah, mm. it, it might be you need a, help, a hand with a pool that you – just having difficulties with and you can't quite work it out you you can draw on those friendships and and conferences and and trade shows like splash are a great place to um yeah make those connections whether mm. you've been in the industry for five minutes or 25 years yeah no 100 <coughs> percent. do they have um training sessions over there as well at the um mm. the ones in america they do yeah yeah, we, um, I think last year, they often try and hold, I think it's um, some of the Cert 3 training um, in the couple of days beforehand. There's always, and they also have just little sessions um, in, so they might actually just have a session on water quality, um, another session on, um, I think actually last year there was a really good session on um the state. Variable speed pumps. Yeah, variable speed pumps. And there was one on fiberglass surfaces and that lovely blame game between pool technician, pool builder and shell manufacturer as to who's responsible for the stain on the fiberglass. Um, so they had a good session about that. Um, so, yeah, there's lots of information sessions that they hold throughout the, the couple of days of the, of the Splash Conference, but then they also yeah. do hold... Um, uh, in-person, full-on accredited training courses, um, usually pre. Um, and uh, there's usually a golf day post, I think. They have a, a um, yeah, um, yeah uh, the Andrew Simons golf day, I think it is, um, Andrew. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I missed well, that one as well. Because... Yeah. No. <laughs> Well, maybe we need to have a, a what is it, a Mondays down under talking pools um, stand there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Oh, we should get Rudy over. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, why not? Um, team over. I was going to say, I'm sure all the US crew would love to come to Australia for a holiday. <laughs> uh, at one point, Dan was actually plugging the idea of having a GoFundMe page to. <laughs> Get the, for them to come over. So um, don't know how that's going at this stage, but uh, mm. no, they would, of course, be most welcome. Yes, yeah. No, that's uh, really, really good to have a chat and get to know you a bit, Lee. We look forward to seeing you uh, join us next week. Uh, same bat time, same bat channel. Uh, and learning from your perspectives. Uh, I'm always amazed at amongst all of the different hosts on Talking Pools, We've all got different perspectives, experiences, specialties, etc. So I think uh, you'll very much contribute and help increase the, the wealth of information that we, we try to put out there. I hope so. Yep. Uh, listeners out there, please, please send your requested topics or questions to talkingpools at gmail.com. Uh, Rudy opens those up and then sends the question to the most appropriate hosts, depending on topic. In the meantime, though, you guys have a fantastic week. I've got to go out to do an acid wash now. It's uh, two o'clock in the afternoon here. You guys would just about be knocking off, wouldn't you? Shane, you've knocked off. It's done and dusted. Yeah. It's 20 past five here. It's wine time. <laughs> wine time. <laughs> so we've got wine time. For me, it's beer o'clock that time of day. And Shane... Uh, Oh, just on the water kids, today. Yeah. Just, just water water. Water. I talk wine, but I drink water. I haven't quite learned how to turn wine, water into wine yet, so. <laughs> Not yet. Push it through a grapevine. I was going to say, that <laughs> there wasn't anything in the chemistry lessons in this industry to help with that. <laughs> no. <laughs> what a shame that is. But anyway. Anyway, you folks have a great week. You too, everyone listening out there, wherever in this crazy world you may be. From us, Aru. Bye, guys. See you later. Bye-bye.
I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 